I'm Will Flanagan from Frontier Developments, and you're listening to the Loose Screws podcast. Remember, always keep your fuel tanks full and your O7s poised. Hey guys, it is June 22nd, 2020. This is Loose Screws. I am Ty Worsham, and with me is... Chig and tracks as normal, but also with us this morning or this afternoon, depending on which time zone you're in, is the one and only Stephen Benedetti. How's it going there, sir? I'm fantastic. How are you? I'm doing great. And of course, also is the one famous for the Brucey bonus. <laughs> Bruce, are you our newest community manager or is it Tim? I can't remember. Uh, you guys. Jo- I just beat Tim. I think he joined maybe two months or so into my time here, something like that. So Was it that long? Not quite Gosh. the newest. But yeah, uh, it's been surprisingly long. I've been here like uh, nearly four months now. Wow. I see the same thing yeah. every time. It, time flies wow. in space. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, can't, I can't believe it's been four months. That just It seems like it was just yesterday because we had – well, anyway. I'm so glad you guys are joining us this, this morning. Um, I, I want to thank you guys for taking time out of y'all's schedule for this. Um, so one of the things that um, everybody's wanting to talk about is Odyssey, of course. But we're not ready to discuss Odyssey. But I want to talk about uh, fleet carriers a little bit with you guys. So um, – Going back to the initial release of, of, actually just the initial announcement way back in, I guess it was November or August, I think, of last year, um, where we saw the the wonderful fleet carrier coming out of the video and all that. I think that was at Gamescom, wasn't it? Yes, I think yeah. it was. Yeah, it yes. was Gamescom. Mm-hmm. So, so we saw that, and back then we had, uh, you know, the the fleet carrier, and we had support ships. And then they were postponed in, I believe, September or, or October. And then we got them, uh, I guess, three weeks ago now or two weeks ago now. Mm-hmm. I want to talk about um, how that whole process went, because it seems like they, they drastically changed from what they were to what they are. And I love what they are. I really, really like what they are. So I was curious, you know, how did, how did that whole evolution take place? Yeah, well, I'm happy to jump on that one. Um, so what's, what's really a great thing about um, the games industry is it's kind of a cursing and a blessing is that a lot of game design is a collaborative, iterative process. So um, there's always the vision of what you want something to be, a feature to be, and that's that's what Fleet Carriers is. is that it was, the vision was to have this mammoth, mega ship where people could come together and store their carriers and jump far and to to kind of be a new tool to expand your gameplay and the gameplay of people around you to, to make a really big impact and effect on the galaxy um and originally what you saw was these support ships and the idea was that these support ships would come and they would become standard for um, the different kind of play styles, the different the the different play styles that you could choose, obviously between mining, uh, combat, trading, exploration, they were all predefined, which at the time uh, was what we were going with and, and what we were quite happy with and what we felt met the vision. But 
after discussing with the dev team and, and the different processes were going on, we we made the decision obviously to to move our focus from fleet carriers um, and focus on bug fixing um, because we heard from the community and we listened to the community and it was something that they were really um, they were really asking for, uh, which which is totally right. It's, it's over time, games need maintenance and fix ups, and, and sometimes bugs appear, and we need to. And it was just a, a kind of shift in focus and our priority, um, and that's why we kind of, that's why it was then delayed. But then, then that gave us the the ability to go back and relook at fleet carriers and go, is this a hundred percent the vision that we want them to be? And the question is, and, and what we've tried to do with fleet carriers now is, it's your ship it's your fleet carrier that's that was the really important sale and the driving force behind a lot of things that we've done so for us to give you a standard layout that's not your fleet carrier that's not your own experience and your own ship to have so we wanted to change that and that's why we kind of got rid of the support ships and now we added more customization to uh, to the fleet carriers um, so again, it's, it's an iterative process. It's always trying to get towards a goal and, and um, the designers and, and the, the producers and the whole team done a great job to really get fleet carriers to exactly what we wanted, which is, like you said, what we released three weeks ago. Mm, so uh, I guess what I hear in the answer then is like, at first this this starts, the, the delays kind of start because you want to refocus, right? We want to st- step back and, and do some bug fixing. But then the extra time gives this perspective of maybe this isn't exactly what we wanted. And and I guess where we've landed now, it is a little bit more like the spaceships that we're used to where you're changing modules out. In this case, you're changing like the services out instead, instead of having those locked into a certain carrier type. Does that yeah. sound right? Yeah, yeah that's, that sounds bang on. And, and it's really important that you've got to remember every time you put something into a game a new feature there is different constraints there is the you know you you watch those shows and you've got the designer and they've got this big massive idea Um, (laughs) I don't know if anyone's seen that mythic quest that's that's on that's been on TV and it's uh, not I not heard of it no no one it's basically it's basically a TV show about a game studio and this uh, this uh, one of the um, one of the programmers, the lead programmer, wanted to to put in a shovel. That was her big thing. She really wanted a shovel, and the the lead designer took the shovel and he's like, "We need to turn it into a weapon." And she was like, "No, I don't want it to be a weapon." And it's it shows a really fun side, but a kind of true side of what the games industry is like. It's that we wanted to we wanted to focus our efforts on fleet carriers being a certain thing, and that can change. And sometimes you can get better ideas, and sometimes you get a wee bit extra time, and sometimes you um, you can then adapt it to be more true to the vision. Um, and I think once it got to that point, is that the team realised that the the support ships even though they were a great idea and they looked awesome they kind of restricted what you were going to do so this way Mm. by taking them away and putting our focus and giving you the ability to rechange them i feel that really made a kind of stronger more more honest version of what we wanted fleet carriers to be it's in the spirit of an open world game open galaxy game i should say (laughs) (laughs) Well, you guys had said in in one of the live streams, actually it might have been one of the developers, that uh, you were just excited to see what players would do with these, you know, and and 
to see where they would go because you were just giving us another tool in the sandbox to play with and you wanted to see you know what kind of sandcastles we would make or destroy or or whatever and that's what i found most interesting with these is the things that people are doing with them i mean we used one the other day you know where i actually jumped you know halfway across the bubble to a friend's fleet carrier so that he could jump me to a station that was seven hundred thousand light seconds away from the star you know just little things like that we're using them for. in the system you were already in yes in the system i was already in i jumped halfway across the bubble to jump back to the system that i was in so <laughs> it was it was interesting and i mean what are you guys seeing you know people use for anything new and interesting that you guys have heard of you know i mean obviously the dssa you know putting them all over the galaxy and stuff but is there any other interesting you know things you guys have seen so yeah the the dssa is a really good example um for anyone who hasn't heard about it you should definitely check it out i think it's a really good forum post and they have might they have their own website am i right in saying that um all set up i think so yeah yeah definitely worth checking out. Uh, it's, it's quite an incredible achievement. I think they've locked in 100 carriers for setting up the array. Um, and, and it's a very impressively coordinated affair. Um, but in terms of other things, uh, so I've seen things like uh, almost like a taxi service, like people scheduling jumps with their fleet carrier for people to like hop on, say, to go like farming uh, materials or something like that. Um, and that's, that's a really cool um, sort of emerging thing to see, um, which is, you know, it's not specifically tied to any of like the, the core gameplay loops like mining or trading or combat or whatever. Um, it, it's maybe something that, um, well, play, players have come up with themselves, which is nice to see. Um, it's kind of funny actually, because during the, um, the pre-launch sort of phase, people were asking for, you know, what, what can we do with fleet carriers? And, you know, we have maybe a, a few examples where it might be good to, to be able to jump that extra range. But really it was a case of, like you say, we're giving you these tools that are capable of more than, than your standard ships are. Um, go out and play with them and, and you find out what you could do. Um, and that's, that's exactly what's happened. So it's really nice to see. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's really fun. Like as soon as we released fleet carriers, Bruce, myself and Tim, we just went on and we were just watching everybody try to get on them and everybody use them and to see what they were doing and to see what they were talking about. And it was just really cool. It was really fun to kind of see. I mean, I always go back to this. Uh, it was uh, my old lecturer talked about in QA and he was working on a game and he they wanted to start the game with this big, beautiful scenery of the game they designed. But when they gave it to testers and outside testers, people kept blowing stuff up and dying instantaneously and just <laughs> destroying the whole place. So they ended up having to stop that and just start it like in the basement because they didn't know what people <laughs> were going to do. So it's wonderful and amazing and chaotic to see what players do when they get these things. I, for one, have seen, especially if you go anywhere near where mining is taking place, uh, the system chat is crazier than it ever was in Shinra to Desra. Usually there's a few places where there'll just be an active system chat going on, but uh, nothing the likes of which I've ever seen before until you get near where people are mining and yeah, hopping on each other's carriers, advertising when they're going to jump so that people can hop on. And then um, I've seen people in the same chat, like they just got dropped off and, and said, actually, I need you to increase your... Uh, low temperature diamonds demand on your fleet carrier because I wanted to leave you a tip for the taxi. 
and <laughs> being there, you know, they're like working that out right in real time, right in the chat. It's pretty neat. That's awesome. How, how are you guys feeling about, um, because there's, you know, for the first time in elite, you can kind of trade credits. It's a little, it's a little muddy, but you can do it. How you guys from, from frontiers point, how are you guys feeling about that? Um, so obviously tra- trading credits was a, was a big thing that people have been asked, asking for, for, for quite some time. Um, and I think now is a really good place to put it in the way it's been designed and the way it's been built together. And obviously, um, obviously these kind of things incur risks, but it's risks that we are very aware of. Um, we have, we've had meetings about it and we've discussed the different possibilities and have how safe it is and how we can monitor it and kind of protect our players. Um, so we understand that it was something that people really wanted. We've now have that opportunity, but like in a kind of more controlled environment. Um, so we're quite confident with it and I think it's been going well. I've not heard too much issues. Right. Yeah. I'm, yeah I'm, the, the danger of it, sorry, just to add on to, to what Stephen yeah. was saying is it's not like we've introduced a, a whole like player economy to a, to a full extent. Um, it's, it's limited in, in the, um, in the sense that a fleet carrier is required in the first place. Um, so it's, it is a big step in that, you know, a, a full sort of in-game economy between players, um, is possible and it's it's a case where the groundwork is somewhat you know laid for that with this um should we choose to go in that direction in the future um so it'd be interesting to see yeah how that kind of thing does get managed um more on that later i suppose (laughs) (laughs) i mean it does feel like a test bed and that's kind of what i'm hearing from you a little bit as you're kind of seeing where it goes um, in a sense, we, we, we're not, we've got no future plans at this time to do anything more with it than what we have. Um, basically, and, and, and when that changes, we will, we will let people know. But as it kind of stands at this moment, it's, we have no future plans towards it. Gotcha. It has you a pretty good week. kind of slow mode. Oh, sorry, Chick. It, I was just going to say it has a pretty good slow mode on it, like you said, in the case of actually needing the fleet carrier in the first place, but then also it is kind of laundered through the commodity markets and and sort of changing the buy and sell orders and stuff it's not it's not just as simple as a click so right yeah it fits into the universe and and yeah yeah so um kind of going back to the the beta process when you guys um did the the did the initial beta back in i think it was april or was it May? And anyway, when you guys did the initial beta, um, there was a large outcry about upkeep and the prices and stuff. And then I think a week or two right after that, you guys adjusted a bunch of things. And to me, it felt like when y'all ro- rolled this out, uh, you guys were, or the dev team was smart enough to just basically say, hey, we're going to leave a bunch of knobs here that we can adjust because we know we're going to have to adjust it. We don't know what we're going to have to set it to. But we know we're going to, have to adjust it, and it kind of feels like that design process might be moving forward with other things y'all might be working on. So yeah, ahead, yes. Sorry. No, sorry. Um, so yeah, it's, it's quite an interesting one. Um, that's what's really important about betas, and it's kind of one of the big reasons why we we did it. Like we said, we have no idea what what the players will do with certain things. Um, there's so many different possibilities. So having these betas go out and 
get that player feedback. We want to use that opportunity not only to test the things if they break, but also to test in the features that we've got. Just by playing, it helps us. So having that um, that feedback on the costs and because there was a, there was a big outcry that they were far too expensive and the upkeep wasn't was too high. But there was also some people who thought that that was the right price for it because. Like we said, when when you're in, when you're introducing a feature, there's a vision for it, and we want this to feel like a, a ship that you've you've earned, and, and it's a big deal, sort of a huge deal. And the hardest thing is to kind of input numbers that you know that might detract from that feeling, or make or turn that into a negative. Do you know? Um, so it is. It's it was invaluable feedback from the community when it came to those numbers, and and we're always we're very fortunate here at Frontier because the amount that uh, us and the CM team actually speak with the, the designers and the, 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 and the producers and, and all and everybody else is a really great statement of our communication because they do listen and a lot of them all already like a lot of the developers read the forums and go and see what you guys are saying because they're really proud and we've got a great community response and platform for that. Yeah definitely and to, to add to the topic of the price. So that initial beta was um, quite eye-opening in a few ways. Uh, obviously, the main point really was that the upkeep was too high, but we also had a lot of people saying that 5 billion credits was asking for too much as an upfront payment. Um, but what we found was after the initial um, pulling back of the, the upkeep cost, um, the, the 5 billion credit sort of complaint really didn't completely vanish, but um, it was it was far more um, acceptable to players. So the um, there was a real benefit to rolling out two betas to to really get the sort of major stuff out of the way the first time, um, and then focus on uh, sort of fine tuning for the second one. Um, it was it was good that we did it in sort of a two step process um, to really identify that stuff. Well, I have to imagine you guys have all of the actual numbers. You knew how many players had, you know, a gazillion credits and how many players could afford that upkeep and stuff, and that you probably had an idea of how many fleet carriers you wanted in game with that original number. And then with the outcry, you, you realized, well, we probably overshot the mark, even though, you know, a lot of people could afford it. They don't want to pay that kind of credit uh, sink into it and, and, I, I, you guys have access to tons of data. I mean, how many carriers have been purchased across all platforms? Do you have that number? <laughs> we do uh, have that number. Um, I don't know if it's something. Should, is that is that okay, Stephen? I like it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I, I suppose it's in game, so you could really like go and count them if you wanted. So I don't think it's. Um, I think you, you should give them a rough number. Yeah, give them so two, give them two, yeah. We're talking um, sort of around, I think it's around 6,000 carriers are in the game. Oh, Something wow. like that. Whoa. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, just a lot of players had a lot of credit is, is what that yeah. says. So. And like you say, we did have a sort of percentage in mind when, um, you know, when we picked the 5 billion number, we knew roughly how many players would be able to buy them at that point. But you have to remember, as soon as we add something that's that expensive to the game, which hasn't been done before, that number's going to increase massively because suddenly there's an incentive to, to grind that many credits um, or, or reach that if you're, say, at 3 billion or 4 billion um, just to do a little bit more. So we knew it was going to go up anyway. So Let's we weren't too worried about that. that 
a little bit. Uh, we had a discussion on the show the other day about, you know, ways to earn credits and how mining is the absolute meta. It's the only way to really earn, you know, that volume of credits. Is that by design or, or just the way that it's worked out? So, I mean, that's, that's a really good question. Um, so obviously with the different, you've got uh, you know, mining, exploration, combat, um, trading, all these things are, we try and balance them for what they are for player input and, and return space the way you want to do it, if there's a, a sense of doing that. Um, there's also the economy and the economy is ever changing. It's uh, the, the way that obviously Elite Dangerous works is just vast. Um, it has been discussed, we have talked about the different balancing of the different play styles and, and what should we get to look at and, and should we update them or fix them and it's constantly going through the development team so with everybody talking about mining being too much in combat not being enough that's something that the developers are looking at that's why we saw mining changes come out and I know a lot of people said that um, you know with uh, Pain 8 and well, when that went down, they thought it was a thing. It's a rebalance, it's a restructure of what's going on to try and make sense through that data and through what we've got. Um, so it is, it is something that the development team uh, are aware of, that the players feel that there's this imbalance. Um, that's come through design and changes and trying to, to, to keep that balance within the game in the different modes. So the development team have been listening. It's not been ignored um it's just what do we do next how do we fix that how do we how do we adapt and change that and move forward so i so, mean it, it's a little i mean do you just have simple knobs they can turn and they don't oh, want no. to make those adjustments <laughs> or, <laughs> I, I, mean, I don't think it's as i mean you know I think it'd be nice if the dev team had like a, a dashboard with a set of dials on it where you could like you know turn stuff up and down um but i think Realistically, it's it's not as simple as that. Um, even if at, at face value you think, oh well, just you know, times the numbers a couple, you know, double or triple the numbers um, per hour on on some of the other methods, um, but it's it, it isn't that simple. Like like we say, we've got a complicated um, system with the with the market system, you know, um, in the way that prices for things like low temperature diamonds are generated, um, but. We do hear players saying, you know, it would be nice to to bring everything up to a sort of similar level. And I've had conversations with players about this um, quite a lot, and and with the dev team, um, it would be nice to. I think the what what we would like to achieve is uh, have all of the gameplay loops sort of be viable, like within a range of each other, where you might say, okay, I know that this specific thing I want to do, um, say it's. Uh, running missions for a certain faction. I know this is not quite as profitable as mining at the moment, but it's close enough that I prefer it and it's more fun for me, therefore I'm going to do it. If we could get them to within that kind of range, um, I think that would be great. So can, can, I, can I offer just a suggestion since I got you guys? Of course. I don't want the prices on combat or bounty hunting to change. I, I, I think they're fine. What I want is kind of more interaction. Like when you destroy a, a, a bounty, maybe his escape pot ejects and you can scoop it up and go turn him in for more money. Or uh, or uh, maybe like when you destroy a ship, maybe there's some, beyond just the uh, materials, maybe there's some salvage there 
that you could get would be worth more money. That way, that way, there's more interaction with it than just than just a simple uh, bounty you go turn in. I think that'd be far more interesting. So adding to the loop instead of just changing the doll, the uh, the numbers associated with it. Yeah, yeah, that's Plus, a really good idea. And, and like we said, we are always really um, open with player feedback, and it is something that we do. Um, discuss with the devs we do we do have these conversations so that's a great idea it's definitely something we can bring up and you can even expand all that like say you go kill a pirate lord and his escape pod ejects and you scoop it up well maybe they send ships to interdict you on the way back yeah that's, that's a, a good, good idea mm-hmm. yeah anyway. I, I, my feeling about the whole thing was uh kind of i think the the focus when i when i hear these complaints when when they are complaints, I should say, when I hear complaints in the discussion about the disparity between one profession and another, it seems to be focused on credits. And I've always felt like the point was being missed that they think that credits are the ultimate reward because each of the gameplay loops has other things associated with it that are rewarding, whether it's putting your name on distant worlds or um, the different, uh, most of the combat stuff has other stuff related to BGS or factions and missions of course affect factions in the background simulation heavily Um, so each has other things that are sort of included in the reward and I kind of think of the fun of the game as as being part of that you know some some things like laser mining a rock uh, would be quite boring next to combat or or running scan missions or something like Mm -hmm. that so that's kind of how I thought of it, and that maybe that has to do with the kind of the complication level of what you're talking about. It's not as simple as turning a knob. Oh, yeah, I, nothing, nothing is as simple as turning a knob. <laughs> yeah, I think those are really important things to bear in mind as well. Um, th- th- there's multiple factors, not just you know, are there other benefits like you like you mentioned, but also things like um, skill level required, um, how much effort. So. Uh, I don't know if this was going to come up or not, but it feels like kind of a natural um, segue. But uh, with the recent subsurface changes um, to mining, it, it does still make sense that the more um, the the, the uh, methods, sorry, that require a bit more effort or skill, um, like subsurface mining, like core mining, um, as opposed to just laser mining, um, it would make sense that they have a better payout, um, just right. in the same way that mining which may not be rewarding in so many other ways, um, is more lucrative than, like say, exploring somewhere brand new, which at least you get to slap your name on. Um, even if, in general, we would still like to see some increases there, maybe it doesn't um, warrant being exactly as lucrative as, say, something like mining. Yeah, and on the exploration side, if you want to make it more lucrative there, you could do something similar where you have to use the research limpets to go get a sample of a rock or something off a planet. You know, mm. something mm. like that would be. Then you take it back, turn it in somewhere, and you get a bonus off of it somehow. Or, you, or you could have like your own wee flag that you shoot down, and it goes right into the planet. Oh, Natural flag. Well, and if, if somebody's Hell SRV yeah. was there, it just get blown up instantly. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to point out that is not an official statement. That is just me being funny. <laughs> I'm trying to be. Uh, yeah. Planetary darts confirmed by Steve yes, <laughs> Well, Mike, a uh, couple questions. Livery on the fleet carrier right now. The, it, the paint always going away is kind of odd, but we really want to know about the 07 
change? Why was that backed up? That was a cool little Easter egg. Yeah, actually, um, it was just something that, you know, we I, we don't know the exact reason why it didn't work. But basically, at that point, I think the development team told me, I don't know if, if you know any more, Bruce, but um, I was just told that it was an issue and it's now been fixed. And it was, it was actually a really cool We. We we touched that 07 and you know what makes it even scarier is that it was just a, it was just a bug and it was a fix but why was yeah. it why was it on 07 why was it not on 08 or 11 that was brilliant <laughs> yeah we want it back put it in uh, put one, it in the one of store our, one of our friends who's in the community uh, in our discord a, a lot uh, actually submitted a bug ticket when it was fixed to. <laughs> To fix the fix, so we've all uh, extended our support there. We're we're hoping from good news from the bug team on that. Get get that to get that to the top issue in the issue tracker. Everybody, yeah. everybody who's listening, go and vote on it and get it to number one <laughs> to get it back to the 07. Bring back the 07. Bring, I think that's what it should be called. The bring back the 07. Oh no, I want to get into trouble. We're starting like a, a revolution. <laughs> yeah, you guys can't. You, you guys can't put your support behind this. At least not well, yet. Whose side are you on, Stephen? <laughs> <laughs> He's on the right side. He's good. He's good. <laughs> now, one of the uh, one of the things that um, with that 07, the, I was the uh, bug fix. You know, uh, customization options. You want to make that a, its own little customization. I'll give you guys five bucks for that. Like, no kidding. I loved it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we'll definitely, like we said, we'll definitely let the uh, let the team know that we want to get the, the 07 back that is in high demand. We'll see. And I'm so pretty sure Ty was saying he'll give you personally five dollars. <laughs> just, just give me your paper. Just give me your PayPal. This I'll is, make it happen. This is an actual bribe. Yeah, no, no. Um, unfortunately, I did turn that down. But maybe we can talk after the show. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, so let me ask you guys this because I've, I've been wondering this. I'm going to go back to the support ships real quick. Were they ever supposed to dock with the fleet carrier? Because on the current fleet carriers, I see like these little docking ports or these mm -hmm. couplings or whatever they look like. Now, I got the impression that the support ships were supposed to dock. Uh, do you know what? It would be really nice to tell you more. Um, but at the time, so I've, like Bruce, only been, been here for a certain amount of time. I've actually only been here since last, uh, I think it was July I started. So it's, it's nearly... Yeah. July, September, and that's nearly been a year for me here. Um, and obviously when I came in, it took me a while to get up to speed and to do all the different stuff and and then to hear about um, fleet carriers. So I never I never had the opportunity, others did in the team, but I never had the opportunity to see them fully complete with the with the with the um with the ships. Um so that that'll just be speculation if if not or next. But um it's a very interesting question and it's one that I might ask the dev team uh, later on. Yeah. We, we, we've been kind of in discussing internally. I think that they docked because it, it just makes me think that they did. So but. Yeah. Yeah, I think the original idea was they were supposed to like come over them and you could get stuff from them to to obviously like all the different stuff you can now get in the fleet carriers in a sense it would, it would provide that stuff for you. Um, it does make sense that they would dock because that means that they could transfer the items in. But again, I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't take that for, I wouldn't take that for gospel you know just that's that would be if i was to if i was to speculate i guess um i would i would i would agree with that 
Sorry, I had my mic muted. (laughs) Oh, I was about to take over. Um, No, go ahead. Well, um, I I don't want, I don't think that, uh, I don't want you guys to think that I think you're responsible for bugs and stuff like that. But the the, one of the next things on the list is just kind of the, one of the, the things everyone is talking about is uh, Ty's Type 9 that's parked on his fleet carrier named Fuel Transfer Hose uh, because it seems like the only way to move fuel around these things was a um, was to do so through a ship. Uh, and, and that, I guess, was sort of the next thing that, I mean, I, I'm not a fleet carrier owner, so I was actually only doing this because Ty's mic was muted. <laughs> 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 yeah, so kind of kind of what you have to do is you know you you well you guys probably know you have to have a ship that has a lot of cargo and you're moving a tritium from your storage on your ship on your fleet carrier to the tritium depot you actually have to move it by ship which in my mind I got this image of like like an old a- aircraft carrier that's not nuclear powered of them having like a like a like a an F eighteen sitting sitting up on deck that they run a hose to fuel it up and then run it back down to the ship. It, it seems very inefficient. So, uh, yes, yeah, so this was one of like the main. I say main. Um, yeah, one of the more common bits of feedback we got uh, after the end of the second beta. Um, we know you guys want like a direct transfer, and I think I would agree that it makes sense. Um, it's one that we passed along to the dev team. It wasn't something we were able to add in time for full launch, um, but that's not to say that we don't know about it. We do, um, and yeah. that it may come in the future. Yeah, it sounds like whole- possibly one of those uh, invisible to us players uh, kind of code, you know, in inside the game kind of things that's more complicated than it might seem on the it's, surface to us. It's quite possible. I think if it was an easy change, it would have been added, um, but then I'm not a dev and I don't know the the technical aspects of it, but yeah. So, is there any way we can get a designated landing pad? Like, I'm the fleet carrier owner, I'll always want to land on 07, you know. (laughs) (laughs) I I know, it's one of those things that you think it's like a cruel joke, in a sense. I think think people have shown up, I think I was watching um, Xeechee's stream and he showed up and everybody had landed on his landing pads and wouldn't leave, (laughs) they wouldn't let him on. Um, Which is just hilarious. Um, Yeah, of course, it's it's one of those things as well, it's... um, when when we're dealing with the, with the fleet carrier, the different ways of the reason it's not happened, like like Bruce said, um, it could be because it's more more difficult than the time that we have to to change it and to get it in. And when you're when you release a feature of any size, there's always the time constraints and then what comes into it and what you can do within that time and what you want to do. Um, and unfortunately. It's just one of those things that's not went in. But again, we have passed it on to the dev team um, and they are aware that that is, that is a big want from the community is a dedicated space. <laughs> I'm imagining like, uh, almost like the mail slot you get on a station, but just in the front of your fleet car, you just fly straight in? No? Okay. Yeah. Oh, like yeah. That. <laughs> yeah. I'd like that, just kind of like the front of it. Kind of like, a, kind of like what are they called? It's not Transformers. Um, Voltron. You know, where oh, yeah. your ship becomes yeah. the head. Yeah. Uh, like oh, yeah. <laughs> Five super lions all coming in nowhere. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Now I'm starting to think about Voltron. Y'all got me. <laughs> so good. into Voltron big time. She's got multiple sweatshirts and stuff. I was going to say me too, but I really don't. <laughs> Just enjoy <laughs> Well, let me. So, since we're kind of on this subject here, um, 
Uh, and I got you guys. Is there any way we can get the the clock on the uh, uh, on the station panel when yeah, you land, the, the one that's panel. right in your yeah. face? That's something the buckyballers use to actually track their runs and take screenshots of and stuff like that. And I I remember that was like sort of day one on the beta. Everybody was like, or everybody, the buckyballers we know were all like, oh no, the the new design is great, except it's missing a clock. Uh, and we haven't heard any word one way or the other if that would come back. Yeah, so this feedback um, reached me through Kai, actually. Um, well, from the Buckyballers through him. Um, and I passed it along to the devs so they, they know about it, they know that it's wanted. Um, it's not ever easy to change the UI like that. Um, I think it would require a point update. So it's something um, I've told them about and uh, we'll, we'll see... Um, whether or not they put it back in, but there's no confirmed uh, date for that going back. I know that mm-hmm. in the meantime, it's not ideal, and sometimes the um, the lighting and graphical sort of surroundings affect it. But there is the um, the alternate time clock is uh, in the top right panel, right. Um, even if it's not quite as good and it doesn't have the date on it. I don't think just the time, but mm-hmm. um, there is that. Yeah, and remember, time is relative in space. okay i've got i've got a question for you i just i know if i don't ask our our listeners will be upset this might be a bit controversial so just just if you don't want to answer don't but from both you guys um what's your favorite cheese well that's a good question (laughs) i'm quite i quite enjoy a comte Ooh. I didn't go. I didn't go for the kind of brie gooey thing. I, it's quite sad. As you know, I'm from from Glasgow, and and Glasgow is, is is a very beautiful city. But we're known for being quite rough. And my father was was quite upset with me when he realised that I went to Cambridge. And actually, I now have a cheese guy. Um, <laughs> you have a cheese guy. You have a look up for cheese. I have a guy who who I get special cheese from. Um, so. There's a guy with a van, and he 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 had like Comte and, and all these different types of cheeses. So, um, when I was down there before before the um, the lockdown, every every second week I would go and I would get a different cheese from my cheese guy and go to the bread guy, the the, the stall with the bread guy. So. <laughs> I'm I'm a little bit upset to be learning about this now on podcast with the loose screws steve and if you could like hook me up with your cheese and bread guy i feel like i feel like you should (laughs) now wait a minute i just want to back up just one second you said your cheese guy has a van yeah so it's like a wee it's like a wee it's like a what's that called when you go and there's like stalls and everything set up a market Uh, a market that's it it's like a wee market like a food truck yeah, I was, I was picturing like, like the free candy van that, that would abduct you <laughs> using cheese. I would have disappeared years ago. Uh, exactly. It's like, ooh, ooh, ooh. Just, <laughs> just a white van with like cheese spray painted on the side really badly. Finally get into the meat of the situation. Steve, Steve Steve opens the door, goes in, and there's a guy just like a the big long coat and he just opens it up. It's got various cheeses. And he just, and, uh, it just says free cheese. That's what it's called, the van's called. <laughs> ever, ever since uh, Chig joined Loose Screws, it, it has turned into cheese chat at some point. 
what is happening to my podcast? I know, you're, you're, losing, you're losing control here. You need to get back. <laughs> well, I, I've got to get over across the pond and come see your cheese guy. I'm super excited about that now. Yeah, I, if, if we ever get the chance, I'll, I'll get us some good cheese. Um, I'll get some good cheese. And some wine. I've got a wine shop as well. I don't have a wine guy yet, but I've got a wine shop. Right. <laughs> Sounding like you've got a guy got for the, everything. Oh, I got the I, trifecta. I, I, I like a, I'm, I'm back home and I'm like, I'm just like, oh, I need a haircut. It's like, I know a guy. <laughs> <laughs> this is awesome. Oh, man. Who would have thought that Stephen Benedetti would be the most, uh, what's the right word? Most cultured man out of everybody. <laughs> <laughs> it's the Italian Perfect. surname. I've got a stereotype to live up to. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, so, I want to come over and have some haggis and cheese. Oh Lord! Oh, you wouldn't put you wouldn't put haggis on cheese. That's no, I'd like have a... cheese on the side. I'm not having haggis. Oh, yeah. Cheese <laughs> in my haggis. Yeah, that would be bizarre. <laughs> not that haggis is a bizarre enough already. Come on. Haggis is is phenomenal. Haggis, neeps, and daddies. That's what you want. Actually, Yikes. I worked with this uh, Scottish guy years ago, and he made me some haggis, and I enjoyed it. It was really well, it. really well done. Of course, he used them. He kept saying, "I got to use these damn American ingredients." So, <laughs> yeah, it's it's. Do you know what? It's it's one of those things that I uh, I found myself doing when I was down in England. Do, do you know what a square sausage is? I do not know. It's really it's in the name. It's a square flat sausage. It's not circular like a lawn sausage. Not like a like a a long sausage. It's square and it's very very common in in, in Scotland. Everybody you get like a square sausage for your roll, but they don't do them in England. Um, yeah, it's oh, nothing. Yeah, they are very good though. They're delicious. Um, so I I, I was quite lonely one time um, in lockdown when I was in Cambridge and I actually took a round sausage opened it up, tried to flatten it to make myself a square sausage <laughs> <laughs> it did not turn out well That's so awesome. it, it, I'm completely getting off the rails here but is, is that the same thing as lorn sa- sausage? Yeah, so it's, it's quite it's quite similar. Uh, square sausage is, I mean, if you if you go into Google, you, you you'll see it. Um, it's basically just kind of like a like a rectangle and a square, um, and it's thin, and it, you can get lawn, you can get steak, um, steak mints, you know, it's, and it's just basically a flat sausage. So it, it's a sausage like shaped so that you could use it as a sandwich in a sandwich. Basically, yeah, you would you would have something okay. we call we call them. Um, Oh, what's the rolls called? A Morton's roll, uh, and a Morton's roll is a really, really crispy roll. So you get that crunch, and then in between it, you would probably have a square sausage. I'm getting myself hungry. Uh, a, <laughs> a black black pudding, and maybe like an egg, and that would be what you put in. It'd be perfect. I did try the black oh. pudding. Yep, me when too. I was over there, and I I couldn't handle it. I couldn't do it. Oh. Uh, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> it's a unique flavor. It's As, it, it's something I could probably I would have to get used to it. I you know you're you're there on a trip and you get like you try it one time and who knows if it's even a good place. You know it's kind of like I, you know whatever a, a signature food is for a place. I'm sure you can't just go in anywhere and expect it to be perfectly awesome. But oh yeah, anyway. Well, um, the only the kind of the last thing I was wanting to ask you guys about is that. And you may not be able to tell me this, but um, are we going to see more 
things uh, are more livery stuff with the uh, fleet carrier, or are they kind of set the way they are for the time being? Um, so, well, oh, oh, there you go. No, no, press on, you go. Uh, well, I was just going to say, um, I'm not aware of any other liveries, uh, livery options in the works at the moment. I don't know if you are, Stephen, but um, no, it's, it's, it, again, it's, it's one of those things where I don't think we have anything planned. But um, yeah, if it's something the community want, we can uh, look to push for that. And maybe in the future, we'll get more options added. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm missing my favorite paint job for it. So, you know, come okay. on. Well, to fl- flip it on you then, what would you like to see for the fleet carrier livery options? Oh. The, uh, the, the, the pure black, the pure black. Like, uh, just black. The, yeah, just, just pure black. Um, what's it called? Um, midnight black. Yeah, the midnight black. Typically a holiday color, isn't it? Yeah, yeah we normally have one get sort of another. And, and holidays, but that's the other thing. Like the really good thing, like we we are constantly um, every week releasing livery uh, paint jobs, uh, paint jobs and stuff for the um, for the ships. And as Bruce says, we don't we don't have anything to announce on fleet carrier um, livery options. But that's not saying that they're not in work and they won't be coming in the future. And as soon as they do get decided, we will. Definitely be. Uh, I need to stop seeing shouting from the rooftops because last time that happened, I got asked to literally go on a rooftop and shout about fleet carriers. So uh, HR was <laughs> not happy about that. Um, so yeah, but we'll be obviously be talking about it. Good deal. I'd have to assume the bulk of the development team right now is full steam ahead on Odyssey, right? Um. So obviously, when it comes to to game development there's focus and there's time on, on 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 the projects that we're working on and our team is obviously focused on the live game as well as odyssey but as you can imagine from the lovely slither that we gave we've given you it's it's a very um it's very ambitious we're very excited about it. it's big it's going to be really exciting um so focus is on that just now but that doesn't mean that we are putting anything else to the kind of wayside it's just all about redistribution of time and uh, content of what we're doing Hmm. Actually, yeah, that was that was one of the things that we had talked about about asking was just sort of in general terms how things kind of end up being organized there, which is sort of what you just touched on. Like there are probably certain people who are working on different aspects of it. Like I'm assuming there's a there's sort of like a um, answering support requests. You know, that's probably a dedicated set of people. So do we does Frontier have people who are working on story elements and then a separate team that are working on graphics and a separate team that are working on like the mechanicals and the servers and things like that, or are they much more mixed or how how does that kind of shake out? Yeah, absolutely. So like sort of most businesses, a games studio will have obviously lots of different teams and departments um, made up of those teams. Uh, Something that makes me laugh is, um, so I just go back to paint jobs real quick. Uh, This last week we released... um, Osiris was the theme, and the, it's these sort of black and gold um, paint jobs. I think there are about six of them in total, including the Phantom, Viper, Python, some of those ships. Um, and players really like them. They look awesome. Um, They're beautiful. Which is, which is nice. It, it, you know, instead of like 90% of the comments being, why are you making paint jobs instead of developing the game? We only had like 50% maybe, which was good. <laughs> um, wonderful. But yeah, that, that kind of comment always like... Makes me laugh and cry at the same time because um, I think some, while maybe some of it's sarcastic, some some people like genuinely um, 
don't really know how resourcing kind of works um, in, in a big business uh, and specifically in a game studio. So obviously the graphics team um, make these paint jobs. They're not the ones who are trying to balance, um, you know, mining with combat and stuff. That's totally different. Um, that's something a game developer would do, of course. So yeah, um, it's it's very easy from the outside to look at a big studio and say, oh, well, they're, they're really failing at this one thing, but they're still trying to do something else and, and feel like resources are being mismanaged. But um, it's, it's often just the case that, you know, those are different teams working on their own projects with their own, like, you know, blockers, time constraints. Um, so, yeah, that's um, something that's maybe not always obvious. Yeah, I think that's it's quite funny because we ha we have had that on streams where people will go stop streaming and and go fix your game. And right. I, don't know, I, I, I don't know about Bruce, but I mean I've done some game development in the past. I've I've done game jams. I've done that, but my C plus plus and skills and knowledge have nothing in comparison to the guys that we work with. I wouldn't know what to do. I would I, I would not be able to to do the, the things that they can do as well at their level. But I can come on stream and talk to you about it. That's what I can do. <laughs> so, so obviously yeah. we need to, we, we we have dedicated teams of people to focus on these things and they are fantastic. Um, but again, like Bruce said, it all kind of comes into that. Um, we are good at what we do and we help out where we can, but there's a lot of Well, just you guys being so much more... Uh, out in the open lately and you know a lot more streams and doing shows like ours and um you know burr pit and you know you guys you guys show up all over the place is nice and you know the new paint jobs coming out no fleet carriers the the old uh the games in maintenance mode crowd has gone away for the most part gotta mm. appreciate that right yeah exactly and it's it's, it's always good i mean like these these voices that um I mean, our concern of different levels, but it's really important to remember that everybody who comments something on us is, is a passionate player who, who cares about the game, either in a good way or a bad way. Um, and it's really, that's what's quite fun about our job is we try and do things to, to, to make sure that everybody, no matter what they've said, is heard. Um, and it's understood because it's valid and we want that feedback we love how how vocal and loud our community is and and like coming on to these things uh, so coming on to these shows sorry that's what i mean is um like these things i don't know why this, I think coming on to these shows originally started um because of lockdown and because we were limited in our streaming ability and we still have limitations but we're starting to kind of get there a wee bit more with our streams on Thursday nights but we're still not at the level we were when we were in the office when we had the really cool stream series and we got we got people on so we, we've had lots and lots of different people on the show with us um, but coming on to this show has kind of opened up a lot more to being able to be involved with people and we really enjoy it and it's something even when we go back that we would we would like to continue doing um, and it's it's a lot of fun to come on to these things that is yeah, wonderful um, to hear i'm i'm very thankful that you guys um you know i'm very th thankful of what you guys do the last thing i kind of want to ask you guys is about you know will leaving and will was kind of for lack of a better term he was kind of the face of elite kind of the head of the community managers um, I don't know if this is an actual position but 
I think he was there the longest out of everybody, uh, at least this current round of crew. But you guys have had a fair amount of shakeup in the last few months. You guys got it nailed down who's going to be the, the, the face or the lead yet? <laughs> well, this is the problem. I think I'll be the voice. And I think I think I think Bruce would be the face, and then you've got <laughs> Tim being the brains, and then Arthur the mastermind. That's the way I would put it. Out. That is, yeah, that's accurate. I think. <laughs> I think <laughs> no. So um, so the, the, it's quite interesting um that you say that. It's the way that the kind of community management role works for us is that um you've probably seen a lot more of me than you have of 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 Bruce, um. And that's just because I was here and I was streaming with Will and we were coming up stuff. But it doesn't mean that Bruce isn't a forward face. We are both we are both technically the face of Elite Dangerous as well as as well as Tim as well as Arthur. You just might see some of us more than others. My focus is, is a lot on on the forums as well as obviously our communication plans and standards. But I I deal with a lot of the streaming and, and doing the live stuff. I'm not saying that I'll go on all the time, but I that's kind of one of my main focuses. Um, Will was a it was a, a really important figure because he's a, he's a great community manager. Um, but at the time, um, as you know, Ed Ed Lewis um, he moved on to uh, a different different job. He got he got another job elsewhere, um, and then it was Paige and Will, and then I came on, which then made the team a wee bit bigger. So that I started then going on with Will, and then Bruce joined, and then obviously we found out that now. Uh, Will's moving on to PM and Tim's joined and, and, and now we're all going to be there. So um, it's really who's your favourite CM at the end of the day and you want to speak to or, you know, it's, it's, we're all here for you. We're all here to oh, talk. We everybody. get to choose? You, you get to choose. You have, you have an abundance of choice. Well, why wasn't Tim here? Um, <laughs> I'm just kidding. I, I, I appreciate the Tim. Uh, we're in his rotation of discords that he pops in and he just says hi and, and drops news on us and stuff. It's it's good to see, you know, a member of the team just dropping it, in on us. It yeah. has felt really connected at a time when um, it was when the theme of the the weeks was not being connected to people. It, it was it's felt uh, absolutely the opposite of that from FDev, at least from my perspective. Oh, we're really glad, and and again, the, uh, both having Bruce and Tim and Arthur come onto the team um, has, has been a breath of fresh air, and they've 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 all came in with great skill sets and fantastic attitudes, and uh, coming on. The reason that Tim's not on this um, is just because. Um, he just answer. doesn't like your show, I'm afraid, guys. Sorry to be I'm joking. <laughs> I'm joking. <laughs> no, I was I was actually about to say that the, there's there's the, the truth, there's the, there's the I have got the, the front facing answer, which is um obviously on Thursday and Monday nights we're always uh, jumping on the shows. So what we do is we try and separate it up to help manage workload and, and to give sometimes people yeah. a wee break from it. Um, you know, because it can be demanding coming on these shows and at times if you're doing it constantly. Um, but then the real answer is, is like I said, I, I do a lot of the management of the streams and it's a power move and I want Tim to know his place. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so I, I'll pick the fun streams to go. <laughs> no, um, it, it, just so you guys know, like Frontiers communication with, with the community, Frontiers communication with uh, our, the things that is kind of coming out and showing us. I feel like it's done a 180 as a company because I feel like you guys kind of got quiet there for a little while 
And I think that was mostly workload and COVID-19 type stuff. So, yeah, yeah well, we're, we're very, very pleased to hear you say that. Um, obviously, when I joined the CM team, it was before that, it was obviously just Stephen and Will um, sort of manning the fort and keeping the whole sort of operation running. Um, and, and now, obviously, with myself and Tim and Arthur, we've got a lot more resource to do this kind of thing. Um, and yeah, with the, the COVID situation popping up, I really wanted to... to be connected with you guys, especially at a time when um, everyone's sort of isolated and, and separated from each other. Um, so to hear that that's um, worked, at least to some extent, is, is really nice. Um, and like Stephen mentioned earlier, we'd love to, to keep that momentum going, um, well, indefinitely. Yeah. yeah, yeah you, you, you guys have done an amazing job, and I, I can't thank you guys enough. I can't thank you guys enough for coming on this stream. I, I do need to get Tim and Arthur, Tim and Arthur, on here because I've I've only talked to Tim through text, and I, I need to. I'm, I mean, I love both y'all, but I'm gonna have to get I'm gonna have to get them on here at some point. So I feel like, I feel like we're getting told not to come back, Bruce. What do you think? Yeah, I, I'm starting to feel less welcome. No, I'm joking. You know, no, you know, no, no. As long as you share your cheese guy, you're. <laughs> Anytime. <laughs> this is why you've got to have a cheese guy. <laughs> Indeed. Indeed. Um, but yeah, like you said, um, we're, we're hoping to keep these up. And, and I, I would um, obviously, uh, and it's the same to anybody, to anyone's listening, if you do have a show, um, a few, a few stream uh, Elite Dangerous, uh, please reach out to me. Um, I will be the person that would be best to contact initially on that. Um, and then, like we said, we would we would happily get the other guys on and come on. So uh, getting uh, Tim and Arthur to come on uh, a loose screws is definitely something we can speak about in the future. That's wonderful. Maybe at, at, at some point when the future comes around that there is anything new about Odyssey, we should make sure to uh, rough in some time to have whomever wants to um, come and have, have another chat. Yeah, of course. Again, um, I know I know. at the start uh, we spoke about um, Odyssey and we can't touch too much on that topic. Um, it's just the beginning for us. Our communications have just started to open up about them and we understand it's frustrating because everybody wants to know uh, here and now, but we're really looking forward to the next couple of months and getting to share this journey and, and obviously delve further uh, into the into the next era um, of of elite of elite dangers. Yeah, well, I mean that has to be exciting for you guys just to see how excited people got from a seventy-seven second video and a handful of concept art, and everybody lost their freaking minds. Yeah, it is amazing. The reception was um, fantastic, and um, we're we're very excited. Like Stephen says, to to share stuff with you. Uh, it's funny. A couple times on previous shows and, and various streams Stephen and I have said you know um, oh now that feature carriers are launched we can we can share all this exciting stuff with you guys and before we, we had to kind of keep quiet about a lot of stuff which was um, you know it's, it's always frustrating to, to keep stuff bottled up but um, we're now back into that phase with uh, with Odyssey so we're just going <laughs> to sit tight and um, prepare the, the comms for you guys and uh, yeah in the coming weeks and months share what we can and it's uh, going to continue to be very exciting did Stephen? Did you ever get on a rooftop and shout it out like like had been discussed? Um, legally, I'm not allowed to confirm nor deny it. <laughs> gotcha. Yeah. <laughs> well, uh, I think that's unless you guys have any, like anything like big announcements, I just want to go and spill out on the show. I mean, I guess I guess that's where we're going to wrap it up. So. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe next time. Maybe next time. <laughs> 
Well, I, again, good. I can't thank you guys enough for joining us. I can't. Um, I, I've really enjoyed this, and um, uh, I, I, what you guys have done for us, for our our community, for the elite community as a whole. I feel like there's been a great big change at Frontier, and you guys are now my favorite developers. And oh, uh, for 15 years, it was Blizzard. Actually, for about 20 years, it was Blizzard. Um, before even World of Warcraft, and you guys, you guys uh, have done a great job. And I, I don't want to disparage anyone over at Blizzard, but um, get on the ball, guys. So this, <laughs> this is the model. This is how you do it. So <laughs> fantastic. Well, thank you too for, for putting on the show that you do. Um, it's it's because we have a community that's so engaged, enthusiastic, and and organizes all these amazing events and radio shows, podcasts, videos, you name it. Um, that just makes our jobs so much easier and more enjoyable because we've got um, so many players who are that passionate for us to interact with. So yes, it's always a pleasure to um, to share that with you guys. And again, thank you so much for inviting us on today. Yeah, yeah thank so. you. Uh, I, I, it was nice to finally talk to you guys in voice chat, and, and it was it was a pleasure. Thank you. All right, Chig. Any cheese remarks before we leave, before we take us out? <laughs> Let's just say, stay cheesy, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you guys very much. No, thanks for having us. Thank you. Thank you.